it's time for a bonus, a bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path, off the beaten path. We're No, the problem, Guys, the problem isn't just you're wrong. being ignored. You're wrong. I'll tell I you. I just thing. tune both of you out. You're gaslighting me at this point. Okay. You don't uh, get to use that word. There's no such thing as gaslighting. You made it up because you're fucking crazy. Best Rick and Morty line. Best Rick and Morty line ever. ever. Just because oh it goodness. comes, it comes out so fast and so. In case you can tell, listeners, one. we're doing a bit. We're not mad. Ba- at each we're other. bantering. We're bantering. We love each other. No, hi. It's good to see you. Hey. Um, This morning, my alarm went off at 7, and uh, I started uptown. And, um, yeah. (laughs) You started uptown. I put in my eight hours for the powers. Uh I've always been. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Until it's 5 p.m., you know? Yeah. And then I go downtown, uh, which is where I am now. So... I got the blackhead hey, squeezed be great out of when my you're ears. Downtown. You got the what? Let's... I got the blackhead squeezed oh. out of my ears. I don't think you should have blackheads in your I ears. I saw my facialist before this. <gasps> if anyone needs a skincare reco, I gotcha. Hmm. Uh, okay. We are not sponsored by Morgan <sighs> Gonzalez, but Morgan's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we better be now. <laughs> we should be able to pay our rent now. Hmm. Rich dermatologist. Paying for sponsorship. Is this how we want to start this episode? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I, I don't think know. This is a pretty important episode, in my opinion. I. This is a it huge, is. huge part of my my yeah, life. Yeah, segue that shit, dog. Segue. We're gonna segue it in. This is a podcast about theater. Here we go. Welcome <laughs> to Theater Theater, the theater <laughs> podcast for theater nerds, made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene. I'm J. Bailey Bertram. I'm C.J. Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. Like C.J. just dismissively, like, like just looking at her notes. <laughs> Not making eye contact with I'm any prepping. of us. You don't love uh, us. It's fine. Yeah, I no. do. I do. I just love it. No, we don't feel it. But we guys, you know it. what? We we get together each week. That's why we love each other. We get together each week to discuss, we debate, we disseminate the evolutions of great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their Maybe. plays. But we are not doing that this week. No. 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 We're part of, this is part two of our mini series. Yes. Turning musicals into movies. <laughs> did we get that title right this time? That's it. Turning musicals into movies. That's it. That's the one. If part one was movie uh, musicals. There was a lot of confusion. Uh, let's just. There say. was. But part one was fun. I'm glad we got to talk Fiddler. And we, we talked, talked so Fiddler. long that we were like, all right, we got to make two eps out of this. So this is our this is our second episode in the miniseries. Normally we do two at once. I think I think this works. I think this is great. We're going to put this out in the middle of the week. People are going to be like, "Wait, what? Yeah. Just, you dropped it on us." All three people that wait for it to be dropped All three are going to be so fun. Well, now more like four. You're right, four. Yeah. Yeah, no. Our numbers uh, you're right. are slowly ticking up. We're <laughs> Ticking up. Ticking time bomb. Yeah, uh, tick, tick, boom. That's our next uh, miniseries. So, pod, podcast. Today we're talking about something I am... Maybe one of my favorite things on the planet ever in pop culture. Uh, This is our episode on the movie Little Shop of Horrors. 
I was expecting like massive applause. Well, like you're getting fireworks. It. We just can't hear it. Uh, oh, we can't hear it. Okay. The people in their cars or they're all screaming, hooting, and hollering. I hear you. Hollering, yes. little goddamn shop of horrors. <laughs> uh, best little shop of horrors in Texas. Um, <laughs> this is this is. I I want to hear your backgrounds with this. Because oh man, yeah. It's it's something that if you say it, people know it, and it's but it comes from such a weird culty place and now it's like a ubiquitous term right so i i think charting this is going to be really fun but where did y'all what's your relationship with the the shop of horrors well um (laughs) i'll start uh i went with my dad to see the movie when the movie came out yeah because uh, Frank Oz was directing it, and uh, Frank Oz's first movie without Jim Henson, to be clear, that's right. Mm. Uh, yeah. Then, um, and then Rick Moranis was in it, and he of course had already done Ghostbusters. Steve Martin, like the cast was just insane. Yeah, so you had to go see it, and then you're just like, what? What did I just see? And then soon thereafter, so this was the first musical that I ever did, and I did it like Aww. twice in. Two different, entirely different productions in two over two or three years, um, one in high school and then one in college, and so it's just stuck with me. I had both the original cast recording and the soundtrack, of course, and yeah, I um, I just was obsessed with it. All my friends, we were all just obsessed with it. It's an obsessible thing. Yeah. Reminds it's me of Rocky Horror Picture Show, like in the cultiness sure. and the, the love Absolutely. within the people that love it. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, those shows kind of come from the same vein, right? Like it's yeah. for sure. Pulp kind of sci fi. Looking spoof. back on 50s, 60s sci fi. Yeah. yeah okay, totally. Um, I we'll was get ve- there. Yes. I was very, very little when this movie came out. And I I don't even remember the first time I sat down and watched it all the way through. But I do remember seeing Audrey and feeling so betrayed because I was such a huge Muppet fan. And I recognized Audrey as being the same type of creation as the Muppets. Uh Uh-huh. And to be oh, honest, Audrey too. Gotcha, gotcha. Audrey too. Pardon me. I'm, I'm Audrey too. Like Ellen Green is not. No, a sorry. Muppet. Pardon Let's me. Audrey too. <laughs> Tui. Um, but Three. I was very small when I saw it, and like we discussed this about ET. The first ten minutes of ET are so fucking scary to the point that that was the first thing I saw as like a five year old, and then I never liked ET as a kid, and now mm. need to watch it as an adult. So this movie always scared the ever-loving shit out of me when I was little. So, like, honestly, sitting down and watching this, I couldn't even tell you when I've seen this all the way through. I've never seen it live, but going through this musical... recognize i mean i'd seen i'd seen the dentist scene a million times and i've heard all of the songs a million times whether they were at cabarets or auditions or whatever so it's something that's always been in the back of my brain but not something that i enjoyed growing up because so you've never seen a a production a live production production of the the play i haven't i haven't wow because 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 it's so different it is so different and and that's what frank oz wanted originally the original well, ending that he shot. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. there. Yeah. There's oh, so man. much to say yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this for me, this is a big one. Another big one. Fiddler and, and Little Shop are huge for me. I, 
think this was one of the first musicals I saw on stage. Hmm. My brother was in it. He's <sighs> eight years older than me in the high school. He was just in the ensemble. He was like a freshman in high school. So I was I was pretty young, right? I would have been six, seven, eight, something like that. And I went and saw it, and uh, the plant, I, I just was blown away by. I actually <laughs> believed this thing was on stage, and I couldn't – it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> That's so cute. And I remember at the end – when the people came out of the vines to show that they were the puppeteers, it was my brother's f- twin friends, Anna and Kathleen, who I knew very well. So I like was like, what? Like, oh, no. And then my That's other, so no, not like, not like in a bad way. I was like, I was like happy about it. I was like, whoa, it was them the whole time. And then my br- other brother, my older brother's best friend, Jordan walked out and he was the voice of the plant. And so all of a sudden, like my mind just exploded as a child. And I, I just loved the show. I made my parents buy me the movie after that. Because uh-huh. I was just like, well, there's a movie? Buy it. And it stars one of my favorite actors? Buy it. So Rick Moranis, not Steve Martin. I did like Steve Martin, but Rick Moranis was huge for me. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. And Parenthood, weirdly. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a movie that my family watched a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and Spaceballs and Ghostbusters and just all of that yeah. was just huge in my household. My Blue Heaven? So, my Blue Heaven? The, the, <laughs> which also is with based Steve, on I'll... the same... Also with Steve Martin, did you know that My Blue Heaven is based on the same source material material as Goodfellas yeah, and is technically a sequel to Goodfellas? Yeah. It, yeah, it's But it's a comedy crazy. starring yeah. Rick Moranis and Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a thing that we should all talk about sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I love you both. Thanks for doing this podcast with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we done? No. Yeah, we're done. Bye. Ah. See you later. Little shop. Little <laughs> shop. Podcast. Little shop. Uh, no, but I so I, I saw it a few more times growing up, always loved it, always had fun, but it was always just the show, right? Everyone just kind of puts up what they know, and it's the thing. And at the end, like we'll talk about, you know, they come out with the uh, the flowers around their faces, and you're like, oh, ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. And a lot of community theaters, a lot of high schools. I finally got to see a really phenomenal production at the Kansas City Rep Theater, mm-hmm. which Rachel Bertram was the... Uh, assistant director for did not know her yet funny story oh, uh, I wrote a whole paper on this because they had they conceptualized it in such a way that it like reinvigorated my excitement about it they made uh, Audrey 2 the voice of Audrey 2 was on stage with the band and was uh, dressed in sort of uh, nightclub jazz club attire and was singing into an old time mic the uh-huh. whole time, but nice. was acting with the puppet, and it was cool. Oh, that's oh, we that's were, a we were like idea, yeah. like turning with it and stuff, and like really acting. That was really fun, and it was a it was really uh, interesting casting, and they they did some cool stuff with the set. So I it was reinvigorated for me, and then I saw it again at the Pasadena Playhouse. Mm. Yeah, uh, what maybe four years ago it now? Was like four, was yeah. right before I started there with MJ Rodriguez and George Salazar, and. Although I don't think the puppet design was perfect, it was absolutely incredible to watch. The puppetry was was. awesome, and the concept was awesome, and the casting was really cool, and MJ Rodriguez fucking destroyed it, and you can look it up on Google. They did a... They went on James Corden and performed Suddenly Seymour, and it's one of the best Suddenly Seymours out there. Highly recommend checking it out. But a couple years before that, funny story... I directed Little Shop of Horrors. 
Oh. Uh, in Thousand Oaks at the Hillcrest Center for the Arts, the 200, 200 <laughs> theater. Yeah. Quite, Quite a drive. drive. I was in NoHo, and it was like a half hour each time. It wasn't so yeah. bad, but it was a little 200-seat house. Uh, I had produced a couple things with this company uh, before. I had directed Figaro in that same space. Um, and this director, uh, excuse me, producer called me and said, hey, what show would you do if I told you I just want like, uh, I want to put up a musical? And I gave him like three or four. I think Next to Normal was on the list. And uh, yeah. I think Tick Tick might have actually been on that list because I was kind of obsessed with Tick Tick in that moment. And he, so this is like maybe five, six years ago, he said, uh, uh, I like Little Shop. Let's do Little Shop. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. So my choreographer and I, my choreographer and I got together and we reconceptualized the whole show. Cool. We made Audrey 2. Uh, sort of a metaphor for addiction and um, uh, drugs, like literally mm, drugs. So we yeah. had, we made it real dark. We kind of took, I mean, it was still funny. We made it schlocky, but we kind of took all of the, everything you think of when you think of Little Shop was gone. So mm -hmm. it was no longer set in the 60s. It was set in the 90s. We reorchestrated the music with, uh, 90s rock band sound. Cool. So this guy got a band together and they fully re-orchestrated all of the music. Um, we updated uh, all the look, all the, everything. We moved it back to LA, which is originally where it was set, actually. Mm -hmm. The movie moves it to New York and then everybody puts it in New York after that. But actually, this is it's meant to be set in LA. And That's why I thought the Skid Row thing was... Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. But there's... I think they were trying to make it a little more fake. Like, this is not a place that really exists, even though it fully does in Los mm -hmm. Angeles. One mm -hmm. of the, mm -hmm. in fact, the worst slum in America. You know, it's, right. it's absolutely terrible. We'll do a whole other podcast on that someday or donate some money. Holy shit. Um, but, or some socks. Um, but I, uh, I really am just, I actually just did an interview for a job where I was saying, they said, what is your most proud thing you've ever put up? as a producer, director, anything, I said, oh, Little Shop of Horrors. Like, it was just, everyone was on the same team. Everyone got each other. The cast got it. The people who saw it, who didn't like it, their notes were like, no, I, I loved it. Like, everyone was great, but, like, it wasn't Little Shop. And I was like, thanks. You know, right. it was that kind of feel. And I felt like I could do that in a 200-seat house in Thousand Oaks. Sure. I I feel like with something like Little Shop of Horrors too, that's so iconic and everyone knows exactly what it is, mm -hmm. that's way more interesting to me if you're like, I'm gonna put my own spin on it, whether it's right. casting or a different feel. Like, I think that's a great fucking idea. We got yeah, one it, Broadway World review that was like, cause it was during Fringe Festival that year. Uh -huh. uh, and we got gosh. this review that was like, you wanna see some real art? Drive to Thousand Oaks. And I was like, whoa, nice. like it called out Fringe Fest. They were like, Fringe Fest is great, but you want to see real shit. And I was like, oh, oh cool. Nice. But what I felt year was bad that? I want to argue with I know, you I know. Well, that was <laughs> that was kind of what we said. We didn't even post that review because we were just like, ah, you know, that's that's rough. Because I had a lot of friends doing Fringe that year. Um, no, well, you were going to say something, Scott. I apologize. Oh, no, it's it's all right. I think that that's one. The, the only drawback to it, and I applaud you for trying to do something. I applaud anybody for trying to do something with it because what happened was the musical was fairly, was very successful off Broadway, but then yeah. as it started to tour, as there started to be regional productions of it and that sort of thing, um, 
the problem when the movie came out was then from that point on, everybody was doing the movie on stage. Right, right. Right. Um, and it, it, from concept, to, you know, all the way through, like I, 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 have seen it several, several times, and it was, it wasn't until years later that I saw a production that actually did the ending, the ending that's oh, in really? the play. Yeah, a lot of people really? fucking, a lot of people did the movie ending. Whoa. What's the ending in the play? Well, they all get, they all get et. Everyone oh. gets eaten, and then the <laughs> world get gets taken enough. over by Audrey too. Oh, now, okay. I, I don't want to get too deep into the ending because there's. I want to explain later the ending that that was supposed to be in the movie that right. didn't happen. They kind of yeah. hint at it a little but bit, but that's not what happens. Everyone lives in the yeah. in the musical. Everyone dies. But then the Every little plant smiles at the camera. At the end, right? Like, they hint at the yeah. idea of like. Bitches. But that's the that's the end of a sci-fi schlock or horror sure, kind of you know sure, like sure, haha. Sure. But you're right. But they did. Oh, God damn it! We're talking about the ending. Okay, fuck it. Let's do it. Well, the ending... we, 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 let's do this. Let's yeah. take a step back to the original movie, the let's original so Roger it's... Corman movie that launched it all. Right. It's based on the 1960 Roger Corman film of the same name. Uh, I'm a big Corman fan. Oh, you can't help but but. Okay. Yeah, this movie, the original movie, 1960 film, is famously shot in two days. And is Jack Nicholson's first time on screen. No shit. Who does he play? The Bill Murray role. The part of the guy who goes (laughs) in. My favorite. The masochist. The masochist. Now, in the original, it's, you know, this is Corman. This is the guy who did Buckets of Blood. This is the guy who did, right, you know, uh, this is, this is, um, it's a, it's, it's not a gory film, to be clear, but it is darker and feels, and it's really tonal. it's not serious. It's definitely a comedy. It's definitely a black comedy. Agreed. And you, it's still silly. It's a little schlocky, but that's little, corny. But, but it's dark time. and fucked up too. And you know, he's talking a lot about right. uh, you know the state of America, the state of the American dream. You know, the state of uh, consumerism and all right. of that. Like he's getting in, into some heavy themes when you think about it. And absolutely. And it kind of which is going what Corman did, right? Corman yeah, oh, yeah. put up schlock that actually had legitimate yeah. meat behind it, right? And I think the the film itself was kind of seen as that, as just like schlock at the time. It was kind of just like, oh, okay, you know, it did well because it was Corman and his stuff had a little cult following. But it took time for that to really gain a point where somebody was like, let's write a musical about it, right? Yeah. So they they when they are writing this musical. Ashman and, and Mankin, um, they are trying to reference Corman, period. Yeah. Right? Like, they're just like, we're putting a, a Roger Corman film on stage as a, as a musical. And what I love about this film, to digress for one moment, is that the film is almost a perfect amalgamation of theater and film. It's Agreed. very cinematic. Yes. It is. For 86, it, it's still very cinematic, but it all feels like it's on a stage. Yes. It all feels like it's on a set built two days ago that the paint's still drying. And, you know, it, and it all feels a little bit like an off off Broadway show. Well, the singers that wander around, the trio that wanders around yeah. the whole yes, time definitely yes. the, brings you into the, the Greek theater, too. Chorus. They're, the Greek they're chorus. They're fucking great. Yeah, they're they are amazing. great. Yeah. But, but to get back to what you were saying, Scott, like, um, so we have this film. 
years later they they make this musical and what and then the movie comes out and then everybody starts doing the movie on stage what i wanted to bring it back to and i know it's it's referencing a 1960 film but the themes that the 1960 film we're trying to say are still relevant today oh yeah right? mm-hmm. which is why this musical is still relevant and so i had a couple notes from people like specifically barry pearl a good friend of mine he was one of the t-birds he's duty the t-bird in the movie grease okay okay and he's a he's a great dude and he uh, came to see Little Shop, and afterwards he was like, let's talk. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I, lo- I loved a lot about it, but here's the problem. If you don't set it in the 60s, none of the references make sense. And I said, I hear you, but don't you agree that all the way through the 90s, probably up till September 11th, the idealism of, which is what everybody wants years. right now, right? Make America ideal again, what we thought it was again. The idealism was still alive from the 50s and 60s. People were still pretending like the nuclear family was intact and everything's great and heterosexuality rules and we're all doing great. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. And and uh, and our economy rocks and, you know, and all, uh, all this of kind it, of stuff. Yeah. So even though there's still slums, right, but everything's great. Mm-hmm. And the somewhere that's green theme of the wish of something more, that nuclear family life, the green grass, the fence, the house that looks like an old, basically what they're explaining is like, I want a plantation house, right? Like I want a white house with balconies and a picket white, fence. White and like, picket oh, fence. And, Jesus, right? Yeah. So, but we, that was all broken a little bit after, you know, in the 2000s and, and especially now. But I was like, okay, the beginning of this show says, and I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but then I'll shut up. The beginning of this show says, a, 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 what is the what is the opening line um, of the of the the narration? It's like a, f- a few decades ago. Oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. a a year not too distant from our own, or you know whatever the thing is. I'll look it up. I feel stupid now. But the opening no, no, line no, of does. it basically says like thirty years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of just what it says. And you're like. I okay well then that's the 90s now and it worked a lot of people didn't get it I got it it was a small thing in in Thousand Oaks I think it totally works it's also just the cycle of trends like yeah we're living in the 90s again right now right back to the future was 85 and they were looking back at 55 like I think it works perfectly Bailey I would have told your friend to shut the fuck up yeah Barry Pearl from Greece (laughs) um no (laughs) but the last thing I'll say about it that I was really proud of is um, we got we got this huge, massive plant that was fucking incredible. Uh, it was actually a Jim Henson. It was a, a Henson made puppet. Cool. So, uh, so it was just like it was a rental, but it was massive and beautiful and looked like a psycho psychedelic drug. Like it was, mm-hmm. it had giant glittery Muppet lips. Like it was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was super fun. But to hide it, we did this thing when you walked in. The, there was this huge shelving unit, like a window that like if you were walking down the streets of Skid Row and there was a window with TVs behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we had all the TVs playing 90s commercials and news updates and trailers for the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson and like all this <laughs> stuff, like trying to put people right in 1994. Like these are the shows that are on right now. These are the whatever. But it was also a dual purpose because it hid the plant for the first for the beginning of everything right right um 
But I was just that was one of the cools that we did rear projection for it all, so all these TVs looked like they were changing channel constantly. Oh, I don't know. And it was good, y'all. Sounds it like was great. good. <laughs> I was really I proud of like it. That. Um, I have a trailer for it that I show people all the time when I'm like, "Here's what I'm proud of." Here. Oh, right on. Um, <laughs> it was very, very cool. Anyway, that's all I have to say. What else? That's that's a lie. Should I feel we? like you'll say other stuff. You're right. Um, I'll put tape over my mouth. No. Yeah, I, and I think what I think for me, what has always been the success of the film is the casting. Yeah. Um, that you would put Rick Moranis, who at the time you wouldn't have thought of as a musical theater person at all. Right. He was almost exclusively the Second City, uh, you know, Dave and Bob, uh, Ghostbusters at that point. Right. But Ghostbusters was certainly his biggest thing at that point. I think you're right. Which and, fits into Little Shop of Horrors, too. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, so much of that same mm-hmm. crew and, mm-hmm. and your group of folks. Just the feel, it. like, dealing yeah. with spooky shit, ghosts, and now we got this weird man-eating plant. Like, it yeah. all works. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then that Frank Oz kind of fought for Ellen Green because everybody's like, who? No, we're not going to put her Jennifer in Tilly has played that role before, right? I don't think so. I don't think, <laughs> think she's so, singing like she that. Absolutely should. She, I don't know if she, she sings, sing, but she I just sings, kept seeing should. her in that. Ellen too. Green, who we have talked about on this podcast, do y'all remember times. why? But the biggest one. Do you remember the the reason we got like we kind of did a deep dive in Ellen Green one time? It was an in stuff. It was a Scott pick. Oh, was it um the boomer? Oh, talk radio. Funeral? Talk radio. Talk radio. Oh talk no, radio. I was thinking of the. I was like, was she one of the ladies in the boomer funeral movie? Uh, no, she, what is uh, that? Oh, oh, fucking um, the big chill. Big no, chill. no, no. It was it was uh, talk radio, y'all. Season two. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Oh shit, that's right. But yeah. yeah. Um, and she and she you know worked. I mean, she still works quite a bit. You know, yeah. on stage, and you see her pop up. She still uh, does film Audrey and sometimes, and she still does Audrey sometimes. She's she and Jake Gyllenhaal did it in L.A. Seven that's right. or eight years ago. That's right. Yeah. And they um, cast the the plant as just a dude in a giant green furry like pimp jacket, and he just sang at them. It was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that casting, and then all of the stunt casting, the Christopher Guest walking in. Yeah, um, holy shit! I mean, and but Christopher that was Guest Christopher wasn't Christopher Guest was Christopher Guest, right? Yeah, like he'd done Spinal Tap and Saturday Night Live and, well, and a couple other things. But so he he's had, buddies with Frank Oz. Of course, oh, so yeah. Chris yeah. Guest, Steve Martin, and John Candy were all just buddies. Oh, and buddies. John Candy. And John I mean, Candy. talk about a face yeah. from my childhood. If you go look at the the current DVD and Blu-ray that sold of Little Shop, not the old one with the plant grabbing everybody, but the, the newer one that they sell. It's Rick Moranis with the plant next to him. And then there's three heads above him. It's Ellen Green, Steve Martin, and John Candy. They could have put anybody else there. They put John Candy. But it, it's funny. John Candy gets that one great scene Chris Guest Steve Martin and then you get Belushi who was only in it because it was supposed to be I think Paul Dooley and then they had to do reshoots of those scenes for some reason um and so he couldn't do it and so they're like ah we'll just call Jim so they called Jim Belushi it's like Belushi I kept seeing Henry Dittman in Steve Martin's role. <laughs> He'd be so when so when Henry and I did it back in the day, he played Seymour, I played the dentist. Back Ooh, the really? I, the dentist. I yeah. love it. Yeah, you'd be. A I, good I got dentist. pictures. Our take on the. I please send. We will Instagram the show. <laughs> yes. I uh, um, 
our idea was that the dentist was a back alley dentist. He wasn't a real dentist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'd go see him if you didn't have the money to pay for real dentistry. Yeah, of course. So he could to, be shitty to you. But, well, you had to deal with the fact that he was going to be shitty to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. the whole yeah. thing. And he had like a drill with a thing on the end. And we were like, I mean, we went weird with it. And then there was, we did this whole bit since, you know, there's this, there's a piece of this show, that, of this movie that kind of sucks is that it, it does like, delete some good things but it also adds some really interesting stuff yeah it's not in yeah. the musical and i think you know we to pay homage to that we did like a little masochist moment where somebody was already in the chair as uh seymour came in and they were getting a literal drill in their mouth uh-huh. and then we had her sit up and the, the ensemble we made like fucking crazy and she sat up and she just spit blood everywhere on the stage it was awesome that's cool that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> Um, and yeah, cause they cut that, they, they then cut the, the duet between the dentist and Seymour, uh, That's right. give, give him the gas and all that. Um, well, there's two different versions of that song. Yes, there are. Yes. So oh the yeah. One the, in the musical is a little scarier. It's a little darker. Um, the one in the movie is a little more, or the way they do it in the movie is a little more just like get to the point. Um, but there's a huge whole song in there and there's two versions of it. There's also this song that gets cut at the end that is called something. At we, the end we'll of the have play tomorrow. or the We'll movie. have tomorrow in the oh, musical. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was in the original version of the musical off, off Broadway and got cut after that. That's, and it was never put okay. back in and they use it as a theme throughout the movie. Um, I'm going to play it at the end of this episode. How about that? Fucking do it. Put it at the end of this episode. Because it's it's never been, it's not produced anymore as a thing. So I think we can do that without rights. Um, Keep going, y'all. You said casting, Scott. So the best (laughs) part of this casting to me is the ensemble. For that sure, that's yes. number Skid Row with all the people with their sunken oh, yeah. eyes and they're doing that kind of glitchy. Uh, uh, I loved movement. the choreography oh. a lot. Yeah, it Talk was choreo very, to uh, us for a sexy. It very uh, <laughs> um, Michael Jackson's Thriller kind of yeah, choreo, which sure. makes sense at the time, of course. And I just, I just dig choreography. That I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I, I everybody knows this doesn't necessarily have to be pretty and it doesn't necessarily have to be complicated and everyone was so good and so ultra committed in such a kitschy silly kind of way that it just it popped and it worked and it it had me like i was laughing out loud watching it i was enjoying it so much oh it's so good yeah totally. and the 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 three what they're called in the script is the three urchins. Urchins, yeah. I feel it feels a little weird to call them that, right? You know, the idea is like street urchins, you know, in like sure. a um, Christmas Carol kind of way. Uh, but I loved all their costumes. They their changed costumes, costumes every amazing. time they were on camera, yeah, yeah. and their I hair is amazing, yeah. and their their voices are incredible, and the movements incredible, but. When they are playing the teenage girls, yes, that might be some of the best acting in the movie. Uh-huh. It's, it's real. I it's mean, it's so not put real. on at all. Yeah, because the everyone in the shop and coming into the shop is very fake. Christopher Guest comes up and he's like, "Hi, what's that beautiful thing in your window?" <laughs> sure, right? Sure, but sure. they come up and they're like, "No, don't fuck with us, dude. Like, we don't want anything to do with you. Like, go back in your shop." We don't, this guy we don't is go bad for your health. That was yeah, my favorite. They're line. like really honest with with uh, Audrey. Audrey and 
I, oh God, it's so genius. This, the, the whole thing is set up really well. The chiffons, the Ronettes, and the crystals, the crystals, if you will, they were the, um, they were old trio doo-wop girl groups yeah. from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though then there's chiffon. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I liked it too. I mean, there wasn't one of them that was the leader. All of them sang their asses off and got their moments in the songs as for well. For sure, for yeah. sure. Right. I love those songs that they get and the mm-hmm. harmonies that they get. And you can get some really fun choreo out of them. Um, we did sort of like they are TLC. In our, yeah. You know, <laughs> they are they are early Destiny's Child. Yeah, but but for the nineties, for Did our up oh, in you, overalls yeah. with a yeah. sweatshirt that was cut off right underneath. One of them the was, ribs. yes, yes. Don't we actually had a moment where we almost put waterfall. Don't go chasing waterfall. I almost put one of them in an eye patch, and then we were like, nah. The first time I ever choreographed anything when I was ten years old, we did an a dance to the entire song "What I Really Want" by Alanis Morissette from Jagged Little Pill. I was ten years old. There was three of us, and we dressed up like TLC. We had overalls and Sounds appropriate a cut-off though. sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, we got made fun of, and I didn't choreograph until like 20 years later after that. Aww. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was incredible choreography, so I'm sorry that you were stifled yeah, for so that's long. Just... Ten-year-olds uh, dancing bullies. to What I Really Want by Alanis Morissette. Hey, my really second... inappropriate scene. No, no, no. At my <laughs> second grade talent show, I got up on stage with my friend Jake Boxberger, and we danced to the song "Men in Black." But what what was the, what was, what were we doing? He was dressed as a man in black in a tux and everything. I was dressed in a full black morph suit as his shadow, doing a different dance. That's oh. kind of fun. It was cool, but when I think back on it, I'm like, I'm sure that was freaking horrible. Embarrassing, and I just don't remember at all. Little chubby Bailey in a morph suit, like, yeah, men in freaking black. By the way, I got the men in black steel book in the mail. Hold on, of course you do. Uh, uh. We our dance group was called the Red Hot Sundays. Look at this. I know you can't see it on the podcast, y'all, but this is one of the I'm gonna post on the It's pretty, pretty. it's pretty, it's so cool. And it's the 25th anniversary, and that means that that movie's been out for 25 years. Wow. wow. That was like one of my favorite tweets I saw right lately was Macaulay Culkin said, hey, if anyone wants to feel old, I turned 40 today. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Macaulay. Yeah, that's great. I miss him. I do. I follow him on stuff, but I miss him in stuff. I feel like he would bring like really interesting vibes to Call us Macaulay. These days. We can let's put you in some fucking theater. Yeah. Remember <laughs> he, party? He monster? pops up he pops up every once in a while. Oh yeah, party. His brother's the one though. His yeah. brother overtook him. Brother Rory him. and Kieran both had better careers at basically because they yeah. just they kept going. Um okay. Digressions. 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 Obviously, like we'll we should do a little deeper on the cast, but I want to talk puppetry. For a second yeah Can we do that what was yeah. y'all's take on this puppetry oh it was amazing i like you like because i think if people it's interesting to watch because i remember seeing it pre-cgi there's right. a point where jurassic park ruined a lot of things for a lot of people yeah 
because it's a horrible movie. It's not a good movie. Wow. But, yeah, Another movie that scared it, the I'm shit out of it, me. And I'll prove it. I can prove it mathematically. Wow. I can prove it through <laughs> numbers. But that that there is no CGI. As There's art not should a... be. As art should be discussed <laughs> through numbers and math. Uh, if you're calling no, Jurassic ahead, Park art. Yeah. Go ahead. Then we're already. Um, art. There's art there. There's kind of. Um, but uh, it. It was amazing to watch. There's not a lick of CGI in it. Not a lick of CGI anywhere in that movie. And if well, this was made now, it would be. It would totally. Oh, it all be. Lost art. Would it? Because I feel. I feel like all of that shit is coming back a little bit. Like Only we've been talking about it. Well, that's what I mean. Like that's yeah. kind of what I love about Star Wars. Even like an Obi Wan Kenobi. Even though it has nothing to do with any of the Muppets are in it. You're walking through the scene, and all of a sudden you can see Henson Studio going, "Hey guys, we're yeah, still right. here," <laughs> and they it looks are, great. It does. They are. Ha- I feel like what's happening right now with Disney and Star Wars and the the practical puppetry that's happening, which I love. To I be love clear. it too. Babu Frick is one of the best things to happen to that universe. Even my though he's God, are you trying in to universe. enrage me right now? No, no. If you delete everything else in that movie but Babu Frick, best movie in the franchise. So I, <laughs> oh, except for the horse, oh, all right, all which right. are CGI. You're 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 kind of right. Yeah, like it, it's an entertaining character, but unfortunately, like him. even its placement in that movie. No, you're right. It's so work. bad. It's just like, oh, I just hate it. Just, just as a practice, take it, effect. drown it in the car. Right, drown and it you outside. know, we have obviously Lucas goes and takes the old films and and put re-releases them with CGI over all the puppets, and we're all Blech. like, and at first, I think people were kind of into that. They were like, that was Whoa, the time. Jabba looks like he's actually a slug he's moving. Around. It's like, no. <laughs> And it, now if you watch that shit, you're like, what? It this looks is... so bad. Well, it's it like so watching bad. all of the early Harry Potters and stuff when all of that shit was first coming There's out. There's some bad stuff. But at the time, I thought it w- I was like, this sure. is the best CGI that's sure. ever happened. Yeah. But I'm hoping, I'm ho- I mean, I, I agree in that the puppetry in the movie is fucking incredible. And yeah. I hope, I don't know, I hope people kind of go for that. It's like every time fucking Wes Anderson comes out with a new stop animation film that sure. it's like... You realize all the handiwork and patience that went into that, and Absolutely. I just—it's beautiful yeah. and it's amazing, and I hope people I think bring it back. Audrey more. two, maybe I'm—you know—I could be way off base here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Audrey two maybe the best practical animatronic ever in a movie? Um, I might argue Jabba, which is I think the same. Only people. because the time is so much earlier. It's only three or four years earlier. I'm not talking right, about Oh, yeah, that does I sound guess that's about right. Tr- I guess you're right. I guess that's yeah. true. And I think that some of the same puppeteers are doing both of them. I think but no, right. I, I, I think it's it's right up there with it because it's also... Job is trying to look like a real thing in a real... And, true. And there's, this, there's yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah. color and a bit of... I hate to use the word cartoonishness in it, but there's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Audrey too, but there's, there's a little bit of that, that. But he's a plant from motherfucking space. He's a plant from motherfucking space. I mean, he's a mean green mother from outer it. space. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I have an Audrey That's also not question. in the musical that was written for the, for the movie. Go ahead. Yes. Was Audrey too the birth of the phrase tough titties? And if not, where the fuck did that phrase come from? It was oh, not. I think it, it was not. That thing was, that was around for a long time. Uh, <laughs> But I remember as a child when we watched it together, 
my mom was like <gasps> like mortified that he's because he also tough says like titties. tough titties bitch like he yeah. like really gives it to him. uh levi stubbs let's shout out levi oh, yes. yeah i was what about to i was about incredible he was one of the one of the four tops or one of the temptations four tops the four yeah. tops yeah yeah, yeah yeah um absolutely incredible and you know the the what's really cool about this is the puppetry so he did the voice first and then they had to mimic the mouth movements and the lip movements and so everything is on tons of wires like yeah. little tiny wires for every little piece of the lip there's another wire that gets oh, yeah. pulled like all this these tiny little movements and you basically have people behind it like churning butter to make it all happen like they're all on like ellipticals being like doo, 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 trying to get these things to move so because it took so much to make every little movement this whole all the scenes with the plant where it's speaking are shot in 16 frames per second Oh, wow. Everything else is shot. Everything, normally, we watch movies in 24 frames 24, per second. Yeah. Unless you're watching the Hobbit movies or Gemini Man or something that Ang Lee shot in 120 or whatever. There's, yeah. like, really high frame rates now, but most people still just do 24, and you can barely feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it only minorly feels like stop motion, but not in a not in a real way where they're actually doing picture, 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 but it's a little closer to stop motion because it's 16 rather than yeah. five or whatever stop motion is. Right. Huh? That's kinda interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really very cool. interesting. Very fun. This came out around Christmas. It was meant to be a huge summer blockbuster and uh, it got pushed. So it comes out around Christmas and it's Musicals a disaster. Good around Christmas. It, it, it would have been well, but it, it's not a hit at all. Huh. It's disastrous. Nobody, it, nobody really goes to see it. It dies after the first weekend. Um, and most of this was because of the test screenings and how much negativity came out of the test screenings. Because of the ending. Because of the people ending. people stupid. No shit. All right. So people walked out of the test screening. It was disastrous. People were walking out being like, no, no, you cannot end the movie this way. I hate this movie. I hate this. Everyone, No one should ever see this film, right? They were like, what'd you think of the rest? Oh, no, no, everything was really great. Till the end. And there's a couple other things that they, they actively changed for. They did a lot of reshoots before the actual um, uh, release. But the final ending in the movie, in the musical, everyone gets eaten. And then the the three, uh, the, the chorus, the Greek chorus come out. And they sing this song that's like, and then Audrey 2 took over everything. And it was in every household, and everybody's gonna die. And then, like, vines fall from the ceiling, and that's the yeah, end of the yeah. show, right? Um, Don't feed the plants is the final song. So, the movie, he goes, Well, we have a budget. This is a major summer blockbuster at the time. That was the goal. This is gonna be a major summer blockbuster. We can do anything we want. The ending is a giant Godzilla film. So, it is a giant Audrey 2 with root legs destroying new york city with people in its hands yeah and it is awesome and they're singing don't feed the plants it's you can get it on the blu-ray it's on the blu-ray now if you you can watch it with the original ending if you want it's like a setting and it's awesome you can watch it on youtube everybody go watch it it's so fun and i would have loved it but it goes to that thing where on stage audiences are more used to 
the idea of an unfinished ending, a, a sad ending, because then we get to applause and applaud and see them all come out and take bows. Right. Sure. So they get their big applause at the end of that movie. Everyone was just dead. New York was gone forever. And it was about to take over the world End of film. And people were like, roll credits. N- no, bring them all back out. Bring yeah. them all back out Disney for Disney movies. Yeah. Where's this? They need a wedding at the end. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to think about when we talk about the, the meshing of film and theater that this movie does so well, you have then the inability to actually do the stage show Hmm. story and ending because audiences just won't accept it the same way. Right. So interesting to me. Oftentimes, I mean, probably a different crowd seeing it some of the times. I mean, I'm sure there were theater fans that came to see this because they liked the musical, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is this the best, like, adaptation of a musical to movie that doesn't feel the need to make it all just like realistic you know how like fiddler just makes it just the most real you're in on a tevka it's just yeah, it's just yeah. that this still feels like a musical like yeah musical it's theater. big and yeah it's very stylized all of yeah. the acting is very it's quite big and for yeah for, for camera i yeah i i think if they I remade agree, this movie I, now I, they wouldn't allow that well and i think that that's why a lot not a, a lot. There's some classic m- movie musicals uh, that don't work especially well, or at least have not held up especially well because they're trying to make it smaller. And it. Uh, I think that this is one of my notes for next week. Uh, spoiler. But for Into the Woods, I think the problem with Into the Woods is that they're trying to make these moments intimate that aren't intimate. They're huge. Hmm. Um, and they're huge, you know, on stage. And I don't know. We're I don't talking know, about I, that I, with the like uh, importance of being earnest, not a musical, but like the way they did it in 2002, where they're trying to make it more like realistic when it's like, you're used to seeing it on stage and everyone's playing these big melodic loud characters. Right. You know? Yeah. I dig it when people, uh, do more stylistic uh, kinds of stuff on on screen that because there 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 also became an association with realism on film, realism, realism. Sure. Am I like, and then there's a point where you just like okay, I've I've seen enough realism because, uh, and I'm not talking about like it's Star everywhere. Wars or fantasy. I'm talking no, I'm about the you. actual yeah, yeah. the the actual uh, art, the I'm, actual structure. I'm actually a little worried. I agree, Scott. I'm actually a little worried. Do you know that there is a remake trying to be made of this right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. It's a little shop, really? Yeah. yeah, and I'm a little worried about them doing just that, Scott. Like, taking it into, like, this has to be more real. It can't be silly because people will laugh at it. And I'm like, no, no, you need to go full blast in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's starring uh, Edgerton. one of our new favorite people, Taron Edgerton. Uh, who I thought was no phenomenal in Rocket Man. Shit. Yeah. Um, now that this actually is worries me. Movie musicals. It, he's a that little. Wor- that worries yeah. me because he's too good looking. He's too smooth. He's too cool. Like yeah. Rick Moranis is was was a a blundering idiot, per- which is as a performer, as a persona, and so, which is like, where the fear comes from. Where I'm like, oh, so they're trying to make it just. You know, like he's just an attractive guy that wears glasses. Yeah. It's okay. you yeah. Know? Well, yeah. It's so I real. Think, uh, he's just yeah. poor. 
It, it, it does concern me. I, I've I got a big go thing right now about pretty. <laughs> pre, I got a big thing right now about pretty pe- just sticking pretty people in that can't really right. do what you think that they're going to well, do. Well, the next two people that are cast currently cast in it maybe are that two Marvel uh, actors. We have as Audrey Scarlett Johansson. I don't know. Really? Can she sing? I don't know. Yeah, can she? I I think she has sung before. I think she might have the chops to do it stylistically. And don't get me wrong, I think Edgerton does too. I think he's a sure. really good actor. I just think he's too good looking and too cool. Yeah. Um, I don't hate that. I don't hate ScarJo. Who's uh, the next she, one? Uh, and then Chris Evans is the dentist. Uh, <laughs> now uh, he's actually. Because of his background, because he was pretty, I mean, he was comedy, right? Back in the day, his, uh, one of his best roles is not another, another teen movie. Yeah. Where he plays the jock did, making uh, fun of James Vanderbeek from Varsity Blues. I did the, uh, the table read with him for that. Oh, no shit. Yeah. At Sony. Well. But I didn't. I did. Of not another teen movie? Uh-huh. Were you uh-huh. the, the, uh, uh. What's his name? Roll the dad of uh, what? what oh, who are no, you? This, uh, I was remember? I was reading. I don't even remember. I I was asked to come in and do the reading because the actor who got cast, who had like one more credit than I did, got the part. Damn. Uh, you know, big football guy. You know, and so oh, sure. so I came in and I sat next to Mr. T and Mr. T got me a bagel. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. Hollywood stories. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Scott, what kind of schmear you want? <laughs> like yelling across the room. I and want I him like, to yell at me, what kind of schmear do I want? But, uh, I pity yeah, the fool Jim, who doesn't like schmear. Yeah, Chris Evans. <laughs> I mean, nobody in that room was famous other than Randy Quaid at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamie Presley kind of was, I guess. A um, couple of that one kid from Freaks and Geeks was in it. And, you know, some other character actors. That's fun. Yeah. The benefits anyway. of Los Angeles. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans I, 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 I like Chris Evans a lot. So, and I'd like to see him branch out and get to do some some other weirder stuff. Um, colloquialism update: Tough titty comes from the 1920s. <laughs> that tracks. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's tracks. also kind of doing a 1920s. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be 60s, but it does always, to me, feel a bit like a 1920s, like like jazz host jazz club host or some mc oh i always took it as like a 1950s rock and roller elvis absolutely Brando which is basically of. just referencing 1920 jazz club fight Ooh. no 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 i'm not arguing with scott i'm saying like america's racist and everything was stolen um we'll kiss from America. black culture uh so what what <laughs> Watch the movie Elvis. You'll get what I'm talking about. Uh, the movie know, Elvis presents Elvis like it, it's an interesting film. It's not people go see. I don't know. It was fine. I give it like a 65 percent, 70 percent maybe. Uh, but it does like try to tackle the sort of like Elvis is just stealing what black musicians and, and stars have been, do- or, you know, of the time had been doing for years and years and yeah. years. He just made it mainstream. Yeah. And it like half tackles it. It doesn't really get there. That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. most interested. Baz in. Baz Luhrmann's not film. interested in that shit. Yeah, come on, Baz. He's not. It's okay. Baz. Baz. Remember Great Gatsby? Not good. Okay. Didn't see so, it. 
It's okay. Only though. seen the old it's movie. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't, yeah, worry. Yeah, don't, don't worry yourself about it. <laughs> is there any... I want to hear your favorite musical numbers. Are there any songs that are just like your top right away? That's my song from this show. Uh, well, I love the dentist song. Um, so but I think it's the... So be a dentist, that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a success. success. Here he is, folks. The, the leader, leader of, of the pack. pack. A uh, 60s um, reference, I, right? Yeah, totally, it's totally. littered with There's a thousand oh. 60s references, which was Barry Pearl's problem with my show. Like, yeah. There's all those references. I was like, same shit. We're all it's the same. It's all the same thing. It's all cycle. It's all cyclical. I ran like lights CJ for said. our high school musical when I was in junior high, and it was called The Leader of the Pack, and it was about the person that wrote all that fucking music. So we knew what was going on in the 90s with The Leader of the Pack. It's yeah. We knew. Barry. Barry. Uh, I um, love you, Barry. <laughs> no, but I I love that opening number. I think it's one of the best opening best. numbers. It gives you everything. It sets up all of your characters perfectly. It sets up the world perfectly. And um, I dig it. Uh, suddenly Seymour's pretty great. Um, you can't beat that. It's a great duet. And if you have two great actors and performers, that I just... I loved it, especially like when they came in with that, when she comes in and she's not, she's, she's belting, but still in that ridiculous little voice of hers. And it's so silly, but great. I, the thing that killed me about the movie, especially not knowing it as well as other people do is it was so fast. I mean, what, it was 75 minutes before the credits hit. Like it was really short and you just trip song into song into song. And I can't remember. Cause sometimes you get into musicals like that. And after a while it's like another fucking song yeah. or another fucking chorus. And I never felt that way about this. I liked everything happening. Yeah. 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 And it's a tight, I mean, it's a, it is a wonderfully tight script. I mean, going oh. back to the original Corman movie, like even that's a tight script, but they really did a great job of, of how, how long is the live version? It's not too. I mean, it's about the same. It's two acts. I think we were okay. running two hours with with intermission. Okay, oh, yeah. that's pretty good for two hours with intermission. Is a pretty excellent run for a musical. Yeah, we kept it tight. We kept it pretty tight. It was uh, it was a fast paced little shot for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you could stretch it out on accident and sure, make sure, it sure. too long. Um, I really love Suddenly Seymour. I really love the song from the ending that was cut. It's called We'll Have Tomorrow. And it's this song that um, you can actually find it on YouTube. It's Mankin and Ashman singing it to each other. It's kind of funny. But it's uh, they actually put that on the off off Broadway uh, or no, no. It was on like the new cast recording or something. uh, uh, If you look that up. But it's called We'll Have Tomorrow. And they it's it's the idea is like we are we're going to be okay. It doesn't matter what happens to us. I love you. I'm going to go kill this plant. So it's the moment right before he goes to kill it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song, but it's heart wrenching because you kind of know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and, and does all the stuff. And then Audrey gets, uh, eaten by it while he's going to get the final meal for the plant. And, he pulls her out and then they sing just like one tiny verse of 
we'll have tomorrow. To, like mm. we, we'll we'll have tomorrow. Everything's fine. So I re-put that back in my show, and I didn't tell the the rights. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. The licensing. <gasps> Bailey, I know, and their licensing is real intense. Yeah, and really this already happened intense. though. So what are they gonna yeah. do? Take that bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I... Cool. What else? What are other? I just got a pop up of Grogu from Mandalorian, which brings me back to the. It's crazy. Yeah, you just popped up. Uh, the puppet stuff, though. I think with Disney right now and the Mandalorian and all these things, they are because it's Disney Plus. It is a bit of a lower budget, and so I think there's half of them is like, we can do puppetry and save some money on CGI. Yeah, and we can kind of make everybody nostalgic again for that. But I just don't see a trajectory of it. I want to see practical shit back in movies. Agreed. Everywhere. Agreed. I was a little mad Multiverse of Madness didn't have more practical shit just because Sam Raimi is sort of the king of practical, right? There was just that part of me that really missed it. Yeah. Um, I dig exactly what you're saying. Absolutely agree. I like Absolutely agree. Look, Frank Oz puppet. does this without Jim Henson. Uh, Henson was not had not passed yet. He passes three years no, later. Yeah, see, not a little bit later. But they had always directed together. They had always worked on things together. This was Frank Oz's first outing um, without Henson. But obviously Henson and like the Henson brothers are two of the puppeteers. Like it's like sure. Like, well, know, yeah, Brian Henson was one of them. And... Yeah, and then um, you know around the same time we also have Dark Crystal. We have Labyrinth right. and all of those right. amazing and dark Never and creepy puppets. Story. Oh, the, well, but Never Ending Story doesn't have puppets quite like it does. those it other has It has puppets. It does have, it have does. puppets. <laughs> it has the they're not Hen- No, they're no, not no. Henson. First of all, they're not Henson. I think they are. They're, it's know. just not a Henson produced. I think they bought. I think they oh, are. Maybe Henson. they. You're, you're right. You're right. But you're right. Falcor is crazy. The snail early on in the movie, but then the giant turtle. No, I'm 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 wrong. I'm There's wrong. so many. I'm yeah, wrong. Dude. I said I'm wrong. You're wrong. I'm Say it one more beat time. You later for it. Um <laughs> and while we're beating you, you have to Now you guys can't come over wrong. tomorrow. I'm wrong. What? I'm wrong. Now you guys can't come over tomorrow. No. How does that feel? No, yeah. I want to come over. I want to hang out with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you do now. I want to hang out. <laughs> Um, yeah. Is this a Greek tragedy? Is that why there's a Greek chorus? I I don't think. So. Well, uh, it could I don't be. Know. The movie's guys of because the movie of hubris. Is there's hubris. Yeah, I was just literally just about to say this. It's a character. He follows the arc of a Greek tragedy. Yeah. The musical, to be clear. the The movie is not. It's its, by own, it's, it's tragedy, his own but, thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it was great. I, I it was really fun to rewatch it, and because uh, it, it's so embedded in my brain, like it's just a show that's embedded in my brain, and all the, and when I think about the show, I think about the movie. I don't think about the play, despite seeing many productions and being in many productions. I guess it's time for me to be in one. You need to yeah. see it, be in it, be part of it. We could put up my. My little shop again, if we wanted to. Why not? I want to be the dentist or Bill Murray. No, I would do something different. I'm not doing doing anything weirdo like that. I'm not doing anything (laughs) weirdo like that. Girls are girls and boys are boys. I literally literally had to listen to a conversation like this at work today. I was just like... No. uh, It was just... Horrible. I'm glad I work alone. Oh, my God. It 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 was me listening to a recording of a conversation. 
to Oof. be fair, which is part of my job. And so one of it was our employee not 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 pressing buttons, but this guy was he he had stuff to say and he was gonna say it about gender. Oh, oh it was the worst. It was the I love worst. It. Well to be love clear, uh, we all agree that gender is a construct. We've said it a thousand times on this podcast. Don't delete Scott. We love him. Like no. Tom, fuck no, gender. I'm joking. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm with you. Is there anything else y'all want to talk about about Little Shop? No, I think we've covered it. Like it, it was, it was a huge. It became a huge thing. I think also one of the reasons that it survived was because, like, what happens whenever a movie version of a musical comes out is that it spawned all these productions. Yeah. Then the video came out, the home video version. And then it, it, that's what the cult thing came from was that they were they were informing each other. Productions of the play of the musical were informing the the popularization of the of the right. film. Absolutely. Yeah. Siege, final thought. Yay, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I sat down and had a good watch of this and I knew I would enjoy it and everything. But, you know, it's fun to watch something like this that was a weird part of my childhood and now I've rewatched it and I love it. <laughs> right. Good. Totally. It's so good. I, yeah. Phenomenal film. Everybody go rewatch it. Always good times. Everyone's incredible in it. We didn't really do like a performance review, but it's, there's really, there's no failures here. No, no. Everyone understands the everyone, Yeah. Everyone gets it. And kills From it. Mushnik down to the chorus to the, you know, the oh, ensemble yeah. and it's, uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. Fuck. Uh, Y'all got any of those uh, things that put light on a spot in Los Angeles theater? L.A. Spotlight. Any any L.A. Spotlights? No, there's still a lot of um, of fringe uh, yeah. encore performances happening uh, all over the place, all over Hollywood. So go to the Fringe website. Really, some amazing stuff that is just now because of scheduling and summertime and all that are just now getting those uh yeah, little little runs after after the fringe festival but well worth your time and well worth uh your money go check it out freestyle love supreme i believe has two more weeks once this yeah. comes out so ch- well a week and a half once this comes out so get your tickets come check it out at the pasadena playhouse see you got any spitlets i do not Perfect. Thank you for asking, though. <laughs> You're welcome for asking, though. Thank you for joining us for another theater theater bonus mini series. Join us next week as we uh, as we do part three of this mini series, uh-huh, yeah. and Pam will be joining us. We'll have Pam Yay. Quinn here, and uh, we're covering Into the Woods next time, and then the episode after that will be the new Spielberg West Side Story, which I'm yes. also very excited to talk about. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Larson. Yeah, Let's close it out. Uh, do y'all have questions, comments, compliments? You can email us or you can also reach us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Scott? Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson who writes our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. It's yeah. true. And you're about to hear it right now. Uh, also, a big shout out to Pam Quinn for writing our special and stuff bonus theme song, which you heard at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Pam will be joining us next week, and we love her. And finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, Annie Baker. Oh. What? Nothing. 
She writes every single one of our episodes, and she doesn't even know it. One day, Annie Baker, we're going to buy you a beer. Yes. Uh, I love that bit still. Whether we interrupt you or you pause or use your um, You're waiting for us. So Annie Baker. It's It's so so Annie Baker. Uh, Yeah. We should have t-shirts made. We really should. So Annie Baker. Actually, we should have merch. Why don't we have merch yet? We should should start having merch. We could totally do that. Yeah. Okay. Mouths and butts are the same thing, just on the front and back of a shirt. Yeah. I want a beer koozie that says that. Yeah, or if so. it just it says mouths on the front, butts on the back, but then in parentheses under same both, thing. it says same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would buy that. I know for Buttons a fact. and beer koozies. I'm down for it. Yeah. M- mouths and butts are the same thing. It has been a dead bit for a while, but it lasted like... 50 something we are episodes. oh yeah that yeah. dead horse and it'll 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 come back around it'll come back around as they always do anyway we love you all subscribe rate review but like actually do it review it subscribe that would help yeah. so much we like seeing those numbers tick up we've been getting a lot of instagram followers a lot of love from people reaching out so thank you uh friend sophia i don't know i don't know her last name but sophia reached out and was like do uh shangai and, and so i can write a thesis paper and we're like oh don't base your thesis paper on our podcast and she's like no i just like your insight so do more stuff like that reach out we love you yeah totes on the 23rd day of the month of september in an early year of a decade not too long before our own the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence and this terrifying enemy surfaced as such enemies often do in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of podcasts Later, everybody. Duck titties. I'm going to put a song at the end. Listen all the way. All the way through. Later, everybody. Love you. The theater. The theater. 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 I can't leave you in this condition.
condition, I'm fine. I'll come for you after Life Magazine, take you away to that development you dream about. And once we're there, everything will be happy ever after. I promise. Tomorrow, we've got it made. 